All right, we are rolling. Welcome to episode 12 of an Axe Throwing Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Feinberg. Today, my guest is Vin Crescenzo, a formerly dumpster fire, now uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, Vin, thanks for joining me today. For having me. Cool. It's a, it's a pleasure to meet you. I've never met you before, so shout out to Dolan for the introduction. Um, so we got a ton of axe throwing, like both like the competition and like, you know, the maker side to talk about. But before we get into that, I guess just kind of tell us a little about uh, a little about yourself, like like you know, life before axe throwing. What you you know, like where kind of where you're from. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, I am uh, 31 years old. Uh, I am born and raised in uh, Philadelphia. Uh, Pre axe throwing, I guess I was a barista at Starbucks. I was a bouncer at a bar. I was a bartender. I am still a bartender uh, now at. A uh, a brewery. Cool. Uh, uh, or do you use Untapped? Or I assume that like. I do. Yeah, I I try to I try to like I use it, but um, I sometimes I forget. But yeah, it's it's a cool little little app to to keep handy. Yeah, I've recently crossed five thousand unique check-ins on that app. Ease. Yeah, like <laughs> I've taken I've taken like you know. You know, like oh, I'm gonna do a sober month, or like I'm not gonna drink. I'm gonna take time off from drinking beer. Like, I, actually, I think a few years ago I would work from breweries because I've been working remote since before pandemic. And I did the math one day. I was like, all right, when did I sign up for that app? How many unique check-ins have I had? That's <laughs> more than one a day. I mean, it's all like flights and samplers, but it's still. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm at seventeen hundred, a little over seventeen hundred. So, <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I drink. I'm, I'm drinking a beer right now. Um, <laughs> cool. Um, all right. So we got it. So now you are, uh, right. So you're, you're, cur- you, you're currently a member of team Widowmakers. Is that correct? Correct. Uh, so I, I'm still like new or like, you know, I just started learning about like the kind of like the team formats and that kind of stuff. So I guess can I tell us a little bit more about, you know, team Widowmakers. Uh, so it is, um, freshly, freshly uh, put together team uh it is basically um aj mitchell the owner of anger jacks and his wife uh nikki they uh reached out to um a few throwers um myself dave sycon mike comp will galeco tower Seidel, um and a handful of other people um to get this team together um, for the upcoming uh, Melee Championship Series, which you talked about with uh, Josh Russo. Um, right now we have, I think, I want to say about 10-ish, 10 or probably 10 to 15 throwers. Um, most are household names in axe throwing. Some aren't, which is pretty cool, pretty good. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to uh, doing some Melees this coming year. Cool. Yeah, I haven't even like like got a chance to see a melee event in person yet, so I'm looking forward to hopefully I get to see that this year. Definitely. Um, who knows? Maybe maybe I could participate one day if I uh, play my cards right. Um, but uh, so I guess I, I kind of skipped over this. How did you get started axe throwing? Like, what was your intro to axe throwing? So my intro to axe throwing, I was cruising Facebook one day, just like any other millennial does, um, and I saw an ad. Uh, for indoor BYOB axe throwing. It was Urban Axes in Philadelphia. I was like, wow, that sounds like really cool. I want to want to try this. It's like darts, but like 
more looks like like more fun. So at the time, it was really hard to get even a walk in at Urban. Like you basically you would have to basically go half an hour before they opened and then maybe you'd be first in line to get there. Like there was whenever you would go, there'd be like a 45 minute hour wait to get like a walk in. Um, so I, I went with like it was like me and like one or two friends. We went and then we did it. I was like, oh, this is like actually kind of fun. I was like half decent at it. I was like, we did our hour next week, did it went again. I was and I asked, um, what's his name? Chuck. He basically builds all the urbans. Um, I've asked Chuck, and I was like, Chuck, like, I was like, do you guys do leagues for this stuff? And he was like, yeah. I was like, no way. Like, you're, 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 and he was like, yeah, we do, we do leagues. He's like, we just started, but there's, there's a wait list. Like, you can get your name on the wait list. Um, and then I got the email for the wait list. The only day I could really do it was Wednesday. And not knowing that Wednesday was like at the time, like one of the hardest leagues Urban had. I was like, I just, I went in blind. I didn't know. And then we're at six and a half years later. <laughs> I throw four days a week. <laughs> so, so your first, like your first time, you were said like you were queuing for walk-ins. So it almost sounds like like an iPhone event. <laughs> yeah, basically, you were. I mean, if if you didn't really get there early enough, that you you weren't really getting a walk-in in like an hour. You um, cause I, like I've. Cause, like I started at Urban Austin, and it was similar to a BYOB event, uh, you know, like venue. Cause they, they don't have alcohol there, uh, and it like it always blows people's mind. Like, well, you know, you talk to like you know coworkers, or you just you know like meet people at a thing, and like, oh, what do you do? Like, I throw axe. Like, isn't that dangerous? Like, no. But uh, if you think if you think that's dangerous, what if I tell you that they're also bars <laughs> or they're BYOB venues? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's always like everyone's first thing. Like, oh my god, you can drink and do this. Like, is that dangerous? I'm like, well, no, yes and no. Like, if if you're not coached the right way, whatever. But it's it could be it could be dangerous. But like, there's a lot of safety measures involved to keep everyone as safe and have as much fun as possible. Sure. Listen to your coach. Always. Uh, sweet. And now, now on top of throwing, so wait, let me back up. You said uh, you throw four days a week right now. Uh, he, he, yes. Is it, is that four leagues? Like, do you still practice outside of them? It is six leagues in four days. That's a lot. So I throw, so Monday night I throw at choppers. It's like our industry league, which as of right now, I believe is the highest average league in all of the IATF. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, it's brutal. I have a almost 79 average and I'm in fifth place. So that's. <laughs> Just showing you how crazy that league is. Is that standard or premier? It's a standard league. Okay. Um, and then Wednesday, I throw a premier league at Choppers, which is brutal because it's like it's it's just premier sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really tough. Um, and then Thursday night at Choppers, we also have like a we're calling like a beer league. So like you basically if, if there's no commitment, you can just show up. We can like have a little tournament we can just like hang around hang out and throw and bullshit or whatever um and then i have like a few days off in between and then sunday i am is my waddle league i throw hatchet big axe and duels all on the same day that's a lot of throwing you basically just run a marathon all sick all day 
Does, so if you throw uh, a standard league on Monday and then you have your all day on Sunday doing waddle, like, do you often go into Monday fatigued? Um, not really. So I've, I've, no, I haven't really had that happen yet. Um, the, th- my throws are different enough and my, the axes are different enough that like, they don't really, it doesn't really affect each day. Okay. Um, so I can kind of go in and I've been throwing for however long. So my, my muscle memory is pretty, pretty good. It It doesn't really get hurt too much gotcha now do you practice outside of there no (laughs) i don't have time (laughs) people always like give you shit for it they're like you're you win all these things you're 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 throwing an almost 79 80 average and you don't practice i'm like i don't have time like i throw enough like that's that's my practice the hour before league is my practice league is my practice for all these tournaments and stuff makes sense what uh, what axes are you throwing for which disciplines? Uh, for all right, it's a list because I haven't thrown a few different ones. Uh, I'll start with my standard IETF league. I'm throwing uh hatchet. It's a uh, plum super scout on a 14 and a half inch handle that I made. Um, my big axe is a distal steel big axe on a 25 inch handle. Uh, Wednesday. Premier League, I'm throwing a distal steel hatchet uh, on a 14 and a half inch handle. And then I'm using the same big axe for same distal steel big axe for um, for clutches, but I'm using an Agdor for bullseyes. And then for duels, I'm throwing for hatchet a, a flying fox hung on a, um, a 16 inch handle that Kyle Durant from Cascadia Axe Company made. Um, my big axe is my distal and then for duels i'm just throwing like a flying fox on a hickory handle that i made nothing too fancy okay or do you um so because i just got to throw on like premier clutches for the first time a couple weeks ago and it is i think i was talking to nathan ford and he's like yeah some people are trying out like different hatchets for bull and for clutch yeah uh are you doing that or you just use the same one for both so as of last, so we'll say as of last week, um, I was throwing the distal hatchet for both. So I was throwing it. For, I was like towing in for bulls, and then I would like move up like six or seven inches, and then land flat for clutches. Um, the day before round one, uh, so this past Saturday, I built myself um, an NAT, an NATF certified hatchet on a fourteen and some change in handle. I cut the the blade down to like three and a quarter inches. Um, and I for that for round one. Whether that is something I'm going to stick with, I'm not really sure. But I uh, I threw two Premier 81s back to back with my distal, so I think I might stick with that. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah. I don't think I've thrown a Premier 81 in practice. So that's <laughs> did um. So speaking of uh, round one, um, did you uh, did you go clutch for round one or did you stay down? No, I did not. Is uh, I don't think I don't really think many people did. I could probably count on two hands the amount of people that I think my clutch. Um, it's basically a suicide mission. Go and clutch. It's not the the risk versus reward for two extra points isn't really. It's not really worth it. Makes sense. Yeah, I just uh, I threw round one. I threw better than I expected. I but I'm still waiting. To, I don't know if I'll. <laughs> maybe by the time this comes out, I'll know if I made the cut. But I think I threw like a three forty nine. Hope so. Me too. Uh, I want to go to I want to go to Q 
Canada in June. <laughs> you can just do it. it. It's fun anyway. That is true. Actually, I uh, I have a, a friend, he's like one of my best friends from Austin, although he, he's from Florida, but he moved back. So he, I met him in Austin, moved back to Florida. Um, he threw in league for a little bit, but uh, he goes to Austin for his birthday every year. And he's like, hey, I'm coming to Austin for my birthday. And then they announce when IATC round two is. I'm like, I might miss your birthday and he's like with all due respect i hope you throw terrible at qualifiers oh no <laughs> so but no that's uh that, that's kind of friendship him and i have when uh when he turned 35 i was like hey jim guess what you're just as far from 20 as you are from 50 he's like bill shut the hell up <laughs> but yeah it's uh he's a good friend um but that's cool yeah i uh i was just doing i i, I don't even think i practiced clutches in my warm-up for round one. I was like, I'm not going to attempt them. <laughs> it's not worth it. Um, cool. Now, uh, I guess, so you said that you made uh, one of the handles on your hand. I mean, like, you, you know, so you run Philly Axco. I guess kind of, let's, let's talk about that for a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's just a little, little side project that I've been working on for the past two years at this point. It was a little hobby that I picked up right before the um, COVID really shut everything down. Um, it was just something I wanted to do to occupy my time because God knows we had a lot of that. Um, and one thing led to another and now I have basically a wait list, all that stuff. So I, 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 there's really, there's only one thing I throw that I didn't make and that's the, the one that Kyle made, um, my flying Fox, but yeah, everything else is things I made or, and I, I've, I'm mailing things out week mailing access out week I, I sent three out yesterday which is i'm very grateful that's awesome did you um how did you kind of get started making stuff like did you take like shop class in high school or like do you have like uh, like do you have tools at your house or do you just like use stuff at like a venue or you got i have uh zero woodworking experience <laughs> before this this was all basically uh i went to youtube university uh i basically watched a bunch of youtube videos on how to hang an axe, how to make an axe handle from scratch. Um, I had a lot of help from uh, Goose from 81 Axes. Um, I, I kind of picked his brain. Um, he helped me out. He gave me some, some tips. Um, obviously, he's not going to tell me everything because you have to keep some things a secret. Um, but yeah, he helped me a lot. Um, and basically, it was just like a it was a it was a trial and error. Um, just playing around with things. I'm still learning. Um, I have very minimal tools in my basement, but it's enough to uh, to get the job done. Cool. I've uh, I've thought about trying to get into that, but I already have enough hobbies and enough stuff that's like I need to start finishing more things and starting less things. Yeah. Um. Cool. So that uh, I guess what was when it comes to like making axes, right? Did it was there anything that like. I guess, would you say it was like kind of harder than you expected or was it, were there some things that were like, you're like, Oh, I expected that to be a pain in the ass. Wasn't so bad. Or like, Oh, that seemed like it'd be easy. And like, that sucks. Um, it's all pretty tricky. Um, it, there, each ax has its own, um, trials and tribulations. Um, the vintage stuff, I definitely prefer hanging more than the newer stuff. Um, there's some axes out there that it's, they're, they're a nightmare to hang um, whether like, and like I can hang a flying Fox or a plum national. I can do that in like an hour, whether some axes I'm working hour, hour and a half, maybe hour 45. 
um, on some of the newer stuff just because it's so it's so different. Um, yeah, it's just it's all it's all learning. It's just all each acts as its own thing. You have to take your time and focus on one thing at a time. So like when somebody orders something or just in your head, you're like, please don't say X, please don't say X, please don't say X. <laughs> um, sometimes. Uh, I'll really, there's, there's very few axes. I think there's really only one on my one or two on my list right now that I will not touch with a 10 foot pole. Um, I will pretty much, I'll hang anything. Um, okay. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I did a, um, just for fun. I, I built a, um, a hammer, a claw hammer, like, two years ago gary dater actually owns it now he he actually carved out a spot in his uh pelican case in the foam to bring it to tournaments and stuff which i i absolutely love that he loves it as much as i love it <laughs> that's awesome cool now uh i guess let's kind of transition into some of the uh like you know some of your your tournament places oh actually before we get to that uh i touched on it in the intro uh, I want to hear the story about your nicknames. Uh, so I guess the, the first one was Dumpster Fire. So let's let's hear how'd you get the nickname Dumpster Fire? Yeah. Um, so that was uh, that was given to me by uh, I believe Chris Cadu. Um, he's a thrower out here in Philly. Um, basically, there was a time, and I mean, I still kind of do, but I've I've definitely toned it down a bit. Where I would I would do a lot of trolling on the internet. Um, and I would I would essentially try and start quote unquote dumpster fires, um, so that's kind of where that came from. Um, and then I want to say about a year ago, uh, Monday League at Choppers, um, we were talking about uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, um, and Kevin Bradley was like, he turns to me, he's like, oh my god, you should be Jean Claude Van Damme in X scores, and I was like okay like <laughs> and he literally just like went over into the computer and changed it it's literally been that ever since so like um because i think I, I was trying to like look up an x course like just check some stats beforehand just to try to be a, like a responsible interviewer uh and i think i saw two different profiles in there right and so like did there is a there is a, d- a dumpster fire um x course account that is uh that account was accidentally created um when i did a marathon league um i've used it once for a a shovel throwing marathon league <laughs> all the stats on there are a shovel league i th- it, it, it i mean it's not it's not great um and the shovel league didn't count for anything because it was a rec league um but the the jean-claude van damme account is basically everything that's accurate did uh did you throw any 81s with the shovels did i threw one <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing yeah do you uh do you remember like your first eighty one or first sixty four first thirty two like any of those like kind of big like milestone performances? Do I remember? I remember them all very well. Um, accomplishments like that are just something that they they just get just they have this they they live rent free in in your mind. Um, my first eighty one was in jeez two thousand when did Choppers open five years ago? So my first eighty one was about five years ago. Um, it was like a, I think it was like a Sunday, Sunday league, Sunday night league at Choppers. I was playing Sean Malvey. Uh, he's another veteran thrower out this way. Um, I think he threw like a 74 and I hit an 81 and it was the best thing ever. <laughs> um, 
that was before, obviously like on the old clutches, you know, like the bigger clutches, like the, the, um, have you, and so you've, you've already thrown some premier 81s, right? Do you know how many premier 81s you've thrown at this point? I've thrown two, unofficially three. I threw my, the first like quote unquote premier 81 I threw was at the urban open, um, in a tournament. It was, we went, it was a, it was a, we went three rounds. I threw 27s. It was on the old clutches where I had to like need an inch and three quarters in the clutch. And I basically like, they didn't even measure them because they were right down the middle. Um, but I have two on record in league and then one unofficially in the tournament. Cool. I, uh, my first just not just supernatural round was in like yeah. an exhibition tournament and it was against Vale's dad. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, uh, that was um, all right, cool. And so what about, uh, what about 64? Do you remember your first 64? I do my first. So my first 64 was on the big bullseye tiny kill shot um we did um it was like a small little league that we ran at uh primitive acts it was a, it's a venue in, in new jersey um i can't remember who it was again i think it was um oh god i can't remember who it was against um but yeah i hit a I hit my first 64 this is when you kills were on five and ten right you could not go whenever they, you wanted um so i hit that was just that was awesome um, and then my first 64 with tiny bullseye, tiny kill shot was against Dave Sycon. Like, I think last season I had, I was throwing kills on one and two and then just bullying out the rest of the way. Um, I think I was, I would miss that last, the, the amount of time I had, I, I want to say I had 10 63s that season because <laughs> I the last bullseye by a quarter of an inch i'm just like oh but and then it, it finally everything came together and i got the first one under my belt and i think i've hit i think two or three since but i also haven't thrown waddle in a while so so was your goal going kill one and two to get the 64 like were you trying to check that off like off the bucket list oh yeah 100 percent. um i also feel that the kill shots are the the hardest dots to hit out of the the two um so just getting those out of the way um get them out of the way early and then just focusing on bullseyes from throws three to three to ten it was just it, it came a lot easier for me because if you go bulls one through eight then you're like all right um nine and ten's the hard part because you have to like you have to adjust your height you have to do this you have to do that so getting getting the hard part out of the way for me was getting the kill shots out of the way I actually I tried because I'm still chasing that 64. Uh, I never got to throw wobble on the on the the big bullseyes, um, but I'm still trying to get my first 64. And I, I actually use that approach, like trying to go kill one and two, uh, and then it just made for a lot of fun matches where I'm like, all right, throw three, and I'm down 12 already. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely tricky. Yeah, I, I can imagine on your side, like your opponent being like, cool. It's throw three. Even if I threw two bullseyes, I'm already down four points. This sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 it. Someone's it. Def, people definitely get like kind of taken back to like you're going kill on one, and then you're doing it on two. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like if I hit it, I hit it. If I don't, then you're winning. So <laughs> I liked uh, I liked because you could use that practice shot before it to kind of calibrate. Yeah. So I um I kind of got uh, Dave Sycon actually. 
does this. So on his one practice throw, he'll go for kill shot. If he hits it, then he'll go kill on one. If he misses, he'll go bull. And I, I kind of took that as like, all right, I'll do the same thing. And if I hit my kill shot, I'll go for one and two. And if I don't, I'll probably still go one and two either way, because I know if I'm missing, I'm not missing by much. If I miss by a lot, I'll, I'll, I'll 86 that and I'll just, I'll go back down. But it's like, uh, like the NBA jam, like, Oh, he's heating up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so going, so you said like you had a bunch of 63s where you missed the bull on number 10. So like, cause I imagine like with your level of experience, like, you know, you probably don't get nervous that often. Uh, but like in those circumstances, when you're going for that 10th bull to kind of cap off that 64, like, was it like, you're like, all right, just one more, just dead. I, uh, it's funny you say that I don't get nervous. Uh, I get nervous a lot. Like I am, I am a head case. Um, just, just nerves and, and a million thoughts are going through my head at once, especially during tournaments and, and, and when I'm throwing, um, yeah, after throw nine, and I'm I'm clean through throw through nine throws. Once throw ten comes, like adrenaline kicks in, everything just like goes full blast. Um, and yeah, like after, like if if you throw that uh, that that throw that five on throw ten, you're just like oh fuck, like yeah, like you're so close, like. But then one, that hitting that that bullseye on the last throw was just it was pretty awesome. I believe it. I, uh, I hope to know what that feels like sometime soon. Um, but do you uh, have you ever tried doing that, uh, like going up for kill on one uh, in a tournament? Uh, no, <laughs> I haven't. Um, it's it, um, best of the West. Uh, Tower Flynn was there, and and he was basically he was rolling a ten sided dice, two ten sided die. Um, to figure out when both throwers would go kill shots. So you roll two 10 side die, one lands on like a four, one lands on like a seven. You would go kills on one and seven. So it, it was, he was just creating madness. Um, and I told him, I was like, he ended up getting third. Um, and I told him like, we were about to take like the, the final picture. And I was like, if you ended up meeting me in finals, like I really want, I, I, I really want to play you because a, I've really never played. Tyler in, in in a hatchet match and B I really wanted to just gamble and roll dice <laughs> and see what happens. Yeah, I'm uh I, I play D D on Wednesdays, so I'm like very very familiar with ten sided dice. Um yeah. but I think that sounds like a lot of fun. Actually I think the my highest score model ever was like a fifty nine and I think it was against Kyle Rickenbaugh, I think. Um and I think it was like coming out of throw eight. And he's like, do you want to go up on nine and 10, even like before, like maybe before throw eight. And I was like, and I didn't plan on it. And I was, right. I'm like, and it's like, no, I like, why? I just wanted to try and just like set myself up for success. And I was like, screw it. Let's have fun. And then I hit both. I was like, I didn't, ex I think we were both surprised by that. I, was like, I didn't expect you. I, you didn't say that, but like, I think I didn't expect you to do that. And like, neither did I. Either. <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, it was, to a certain point in in throwing and a certain like I guess like caliber of thrower, um, if you're within like one tied one or two points going into throw nine, nine times out of ten everyone's going to go up on nine and ten. Um, three or more points, it's kind of like mm, like you kind of like 
think about it. But yeah, going up on nine and tens, like it's pretty much straight across the board. Everyone's going to do it. What about uh, I guess like uh, back to the IETF side. So with Premier, because like for, you know before Premier, if you were up two, game over, right? You know if you throw three, match is done, right? Um. But now with like the no bleed bulls and the premier clutches, right? It seems like people are staying down if they're at twenty and like no, I'm gonna force you to throw that premier clutch if I'm up to. Oh, absolutely. Um, my my Wednesday league is actually pretty cool because we pretty much everyone's going clutch, regardless, whether you're up however many, down however many, um, just to get the practice in. Um, even if we're tied or or up to, like it's we'll still go up. Um, it's a crapshoot if we hit them pretty much. Um, but yeah, it's tournaments are a totally different animal. You're, I, I, if you're up to like, I'm not going clutch. Like you can, I'm going to stay down. If I throw a three, that's on me. If I throw a bullseye, you have to go clutch. So that's on you. I think, um, I don't, I don't know if this is like still a thing or if people do this, but, uh, or anymore, but I think it was my, cause I've, I've been to ITC once. I went to IC 2020 and I think my, Oh, this my first match was against somebody from my home league. Of course. <laughs> and it's like it's like, oh it's a it's a careless Rex. Oh yeah. I say, and it's like, oh cool. Oh man, at least one of us is gonna start off the day with a win, but like this sucks that one of us is gonna start off the day with a like we just played last week. Like I didn't come all the way to Toronto to play somebody I know like they play every week. I um war uh WATC twenty twenty 2020, I think it was. Um, big Axe. My first Big Axe match was against Mike Kump. Like, you travel all the, all the way to, to Atlanta, Georgia, and you play a guy that you play every week. So, yeah, I, I, I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so I like, in that match against uh, Sam, I think, like, I ended up, like, winning. But, like, neither of us threw well. Like, I think we are you know, um, I think we are throwing at, like, it's one that's, like, super far outside. Pickering? I don't remember. Um, far away. Um, and so I think my next match was I think against Cappuccino, and so I was just throwing like the way we threw in league, where it's like, all right, like you know, you're up around twenty twenty, like all right, let's go. Like we were both. He's like, I expected you to wait to see how, like, to defer. Like you're allowed to defer. I'm like, you can defer. Yeah. It's yeah. Most people don't like. There's there's a few venues out there that like they'll wait to see like what you want to do. And I'm just like, that's bullshit. Like if we're tied, like we both have the, we both have gotten to this point in the tournament or whatever, or league or whatever that like we can both hit clutches and like 10 out of 10 times at, in league after throw four or whatever, I'm going to go up like, and at least in my money league, it's pretty across the board. Like, Throw five, we're either tied or whatever. Like, regardless, like we're all going up for clutch because like we can all hit them. So there's no point in like deferring or waiting or seeing what we're gonna do. Like, just just go clutch. Like, you don't get better unless you go clutch. Right. It's like the difference between you know playing it safe versus playing to win. Yep. I uh, I tried. Like, I think like after IATC 2020, I'm like I'm gonna because if that's if that's what you do in tournaments, to you know like I'm gonna try doing that so I can practice. And I, like I just felt dirty doing it in league. I like yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm like oh I just, I can't do this. I don't. This isn't fun. No, and people do it all the time. <laughs> um, and like 
and and I get it, like you know, like a like and in D and D and stuff, like I'm a total min maxer. Like, all right, what's like the thing to maximize this or minimize that? And so, yeah, sure, that makes sense. I'm like, that's not fun to me. Um, cool. Now, so like, you have a a huge kind of resume of tournaments, or I think like going like uh, so your first kind of big like competition win was a uh, like a 2017 uh, skills, right? Like around the world at Urban Axes. Yeah, it was a um, Urban Axes held a, a summer skills tournament. It was like one of the first like tournaments Urban actually held um, because they, they've been open for like maybe a year at this point. Um, I think they did time trials around the world and then like Ambi, I think it was. Um, and it basically came down to the, the final four. It was Greg Anderson, myself, Sean Malvey and John Bradley. Um, basically we've all threw four clutches in like the final round or whatever in the final four to figure out who was the top two, Sean and John missed me and Greg ended up hitting. And then normally for around the world, you, you go into a bull off. I think you throw 15 bullseyes or whatever. Um, me and Greg just said, fuck it. Um, I was like, we could both hit 15 bullseyes. Like you just want to go clutch and we ended up going I ended up hitting it. I think he ended up missing it by like a fraction of an inch. Um, and that was the the first thing I really ever won an axe throwing, which was pretty cool. And I still, it's, it's a, it's a good memory to this day. Had you won leagues before that? Or did you just like go like, you know, like place in high in leagues, but like hadn't got it yet. And be like, Oh, I won a tournament. No, <laughs> no, I didn't win. I didn't win a single thing. Um, before that I was kind of middle of the pack, I think I might have had like a like a full high 40, maybe low 50, mid 50 average um, at the time. So like I really wasn't like blowing the doors off the place. Um, but I think I just I put a lot of time and practice in. Um, we luckily have a, a practice space here in Philadelphia that um, about 20 throwers are members of. Um, and I would just I would go there probably every day, every other day and just throw for three, four hours. So I, de I definitely I definitely put the work in. Cool. Now, um, so, so that like 2017, you want to route the skills as like your first big, you know, like like your first win. Right. Um, and so then in 2018, you had a couple tournament, right? Like you won like the choppers turn pike strike and the urban axis wild card, correct? Yeah. Yep. The the. Pike Strike was the first, like, I guess, like, hatchet, like, normal tournament win. Um, it was the first, like, monthly tournament that Choppers ever did. Um, I think usually, so Choppers does turnback strikes. It's usually two skills followed by a double elimination IETF tournament. Um, and it was the first, like, tournament that I ever won. It was me and Sean Malvey in the finals. Um, I think it was Sean Malvey. I think it was 99% sure. Um, and I ended up pulling out the win, which was, which was awesome. Still waiting on that trophy, by the way, <laughs> the literally like the month or two late after that, the choppers introduced the, the double bit kind of like acrylic trophies. Um, and I, I give Keith, the owner of choppers, like some crap every time. I'm like, Hey, like every couple of months, I'm like, Hey, like when you put in orders for trophies in through, through, through Kevin Bradley, cause I'll, I'll, I'm still waiting on that one from 2018. 
I, t- I even told Keith, I was like, I'll buy it. I was like, I will give you $50 for this trophy. Like, I just, this was like the first thing I ever won. Like, I, I really want a, a trophy for it. <laughs> you, um, does, uh, does Urban and Philly, do they, like, when you win, do they have, like, the, the axe trophy with the goblet on the top and you chug a beer out of it? Or is that just an awesome thing? That's just an awesome thing as far as I'm, I'm aware of. Uh, Urban, really the only thing you get um, when you win a league is you get the the, the, the board with the axe on it that everyone signs. Um, and then now you get a like a goblet, like a glass like beer mug with like league champion on it, which is pretty cool. But yeah, the, the Austin thing is the Austin like trophy thing is pretty cool. Well, you don't get to keep the axe trophy. Like it's yeah. just a, um, but I uh, like my profile picture from years ago but it's uh, i can't use it for work because it's like uh it's like, like you know well, that is my professional profile picture what's uh what's that liquid in there uh soda ginger ale i don't know uh but yeah it's uh, it's like it's like three act i think they're shop pros right and it's just like a little goblet on top uh and then you <laughs> oh sorry i think uh, i think you cut out there for a second what was that it's a really neat trophy i'm not gonna i can't even can't even deny that I, I think like the first time I won a league, I was like, do I, do I have to take that home? That's badass. Like, no, you just get to drink a beer out. And I'm like, that's good too. There was a, there was actually one, uh, maybe like, I think after I won like my second or third leagues, I think I've won like five out of urban Austin over the years. Um, uh, they, they don't have an asterisk on it. Cause like Wednesday blue was my home. And then Wednesday green turned into like the monster league. And I was like, well, I want to throw in the monster league, but Wednesday blue is my home. It's what I started in. It's what I've always done. Uh, and then they, and then after Jamal did both, they're like, you can't do both simultaneously. I'm like, yeah. But uh, I remember like thinking, I'm like, I don't want to drink like a cheap beer out of it. So like I would bring my own beer out of the hopes that I could like chug a craft beer from this. The, the, those, uh, the, those were like, hey, can somebody give me a ride home? I am not driving. Um, cool. So, so that's, that's 2018, right? So, and then 2019, right? That's, um, so I think you, you took like ninth at, uh, Throwdown and uh, and waddle. The first waddle. Colorado Springs, Colorado was just outside of Denver. A uh, bunch of Philly people went. Um, it was we basically it was a lot of like urban people actually. We kind of all went. It was it was like me, Comp, Will, Sycon. There was like 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 Jamal, Bo, uh, Nate. I think Jeff Cope was there. Like. It was a slew of like Philly, Philly, urban and and Austin urban people. Um, we all went and just to like try out Waddle and I ended up finishing ninth. I think um, Combat ended up winning second. I think got second or third. So yeah, it was it was a it was a fun weekend. Cool. And so was that like um, did you like kind of practice a lot for them where you're just like let's just go just just on site a Waddle tournament? We did. I think. We did one league, one or two leagues at a uh, a venue nearby that's no longer open, um, called Throw House. Um, so like I had a little bit of waddle experience. Um, at the time, I was throwing this like monster of a hatchet. It was a like two pound like Hudson Bay pattern head on a like sixteen or seventeen inch, maybe even longer handle. Um, really not meant for a tournament or really for throwing because it was the heaviest thing ever. Um but I mean I did fairly okay with it. I mean me and me and Jamal actually ended up playing that match 
or playing that that tournament and like we just like went up on five and ten for like no reason like just to to screw around we're like we're both like in b bracket we both did fairly well like let's just have fun those are some of my my favorite matches you're like uh actually i feel like the best i ever threw was and i was just like ah let's just have fun at this point that's um, and so then, so after that, like 2020, that's, that's when you like started like winning some big tournaments, right? Like that you won, uh, you won Ironside in 2020, you won, uh, through Ohio 2020. Yeah. Um, the pandemic definitely was a big, I want to say stepping stone for me in axe throwing. Um, I built a target in my yard. I would throw every single day, multiple times a day. Um, I would do, I would throw a waddle, I would throw IATF, so I would just be, I'd be doing both disciplines, so I, I would, I had a lot of practice with waddle, um, and then, like, even though it was a pandemic, um, Ironside Axe Company in, uh, Des Moines, Iowa, they announced they were having a tournament, I was like, all right, well, it's, it's a pandemic, but they were like, we're taking all the precautions needed and this that and the other thing flights were dirt cheap because no one was going anywhere um airbnbs were really cheap blah blah, blah. um so i went i i had very low expectations i think i met up like i did pretty well through a bracket made it to day two i met i met up with uh garrett knighting who at the time no one knew who this kid was you're like oh this kid just he throws out of utah in his backyard or whatever um, like smoked me. I think I had a I had a drop, which didn't help. But like he threw really well, and I was like, weird. I was like, who the hell is this kid? He ends up winning a bracket. I end up winning B bracket. We meet up in the finals. I'm like, all right, like this kid's good. Like I've got a lot of work to do, and somehow, like I I pulled a rabbit out of my ass and ended up sweeping him. I I basically took. Four, four rounds in a row, yeah, four rounds in a row off him in, in the finals, which is, which was crazy. It was the craziest thing ever. So earlier you said that you like you get ner- you do get nervous, right? And like you're like um, I think you said like like I'm a head case, like you know during, during tournaments. So uh, after like after that drop, like what do you do? Like do you have any kind of like kind of strategies or like do you, like what do you tell yourself? Like what happens in your brain? After you, you know, you throw a four or you have a drop or like, you know, like, like, uh, cause for me, I can't, like, I have trouble letting go of that. And I am interested to see like how other people deal with that. I, um, there's not really much you can do to control that. Like drops happen. Hard boards happen. There's not really, those are a few things that you really control. Um, uh, there's, there, there's a, basically trying to bounce back from a drop or a, a missed throw. It's just, it's little things like, I, like I know I can bullseyes throwing a four. I know what I did. I can easily fix that. Having a drop, like I hit the bullseye. It just didn't stick. So there's, it's just, there's not much. you can. I, I try not to let it bother me. Sorry, I was on you. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, I um, I've been, I've been trying not to like. The the new problem that I've been having since I've like been trying to just move on from it is trying not to like overcompensate or overcorrect. Or like, okay, I know what I did wrong, 
And then literally just basically like just changing too many of the dials. It's like, God damn it. Like that. It's like, all right, through through low on that one. All right, okay, let me uh, adjust some stuff. But damn it, through high on that one. <laughs> um so let's see. So that's so you you I guess it because you said like you never heard of Garrett. It was Garrett, right? Garrett. Um and so you said so he beat you and sent you to the B bracket. And you said that was a multi-day tournament. Right. Yeah, did they went up, they did um Hatchet, Big Axe, and Duels, and then they they broke Hatchet up. Basically, once you get to a certain point in the bracket, they stop, and then I think we did Big Axe after that. Um, and then the next day, they picked up Hatchet. So you, basically, once you hit a certain point in the bracket, you advance to day two. How do you, like, basically either, like, stay in the zone across those multi-day tournaments, or, like, how do you get back in the zone? Like, that's one of the things, I, like, that I struggle with is, like, you know, like, Monday bill might be really good, but then Tuesday bill feels like garbage. Uh. It's it was definitely something I was never used to. Um, I, I, I again, I had very low expectations for this tournament. I was just going to go in. I was going to do my best. If 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 I threw like shit, I threw like shit. Um, basically, I it's I I have low expectations for everything. So I I, I go in. I Oh, I made it to day two. Oh, that's cool. I'm going to come in next day. If I do well, I do well. If I don't, like, that's cool. I still did my best. So I try, I try not to, like, overthink anything. Do you, uh, do you have, like, kind of, like, any routines or habits or just, like, stuff that you do during tournaments? You know, like, I know some people are like, oh, like, I, you know, like, I don't eat on tournaments. Or some people are like, oh, like, you know, I drink during tournaments. Um, I I don't drink alcohol when I throw um, a lot of people think that's weird um, because this is a very, it's a sport where you drink and you throw axes. Um, I do it. I used to have like a beer or two during league. Um, and then COVID happened and I would like, I'd be sitting on my couch watching TV. So I'd be like, Hey, you want to go throw? So I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll run to the backyard. I'll throw a match or two and then I'll come back. And I got so used to not, I got so used to throwing while not drinking that as soon as I came back to league, I had like one beer and I was like, I can't do this. So I basically, I don't drink when I throw, I'll drink a ton of water. I'll have like a soda or here and there to keep my blood sugar high. I don't really eat because I don't want to like mess with my stomach. Um, but yeah, I just, I just drink a lot of water <laughs> at tournaments. <laughs> Makes sense. Do you, um, right? Like when you start kind of going long in one of those days, like, like, do you ever like kind of feel yourself like getting physically hungry? You know, it's like if it's like eight hours in, or you know, it's like angry wood. You know, it's like a twelve plus hour day, and you're like, I haven't eaten food today. There's there's definitely times where I'm like, I I don't want to eat, but I need to eat. So I'll I'll someone will have like I'll bring like a bag of snacks, like like angry wood. Like we went to a gas station before we got to the tournament. And I just got like a bunch of like beef jerky and stuff. So I would just like I would pick at that throughout the day, but I wouldn't have like a full meal. I would have enough to get me through like the next like hour or two and then I'll I'll do it again and again. Um, but I won't have like a full meal until either I'm knocked out or the tournament's over. Makes sense. Now, uh, when you when you travel for tournaments, will you like try and if possible, like build time in to kind of explore the area or is it like airport tournament tournament airport back to the <laughs> 
So it's usually airport tournament, airport home. Um, but I do like to try and see the sites. Um, Worlds this past year was in Fort Worth, Texas. And I've never been to Texas before this year, which it was it was a big thing on my bucket list. Um, we flew into Dallas. We had like an extra me and my girlfriend, Ash, we had a, a, like an extra like day and a half just like look around and hang out. And then we ended up um, like exploring downtown Fort Worth, which was which is really cool. Um, and then I'm trying to think where else I went when I went to um, Cascadia's tournament, I went uh, Wednesday and the tournament didn't start till Friday. So I had like an extra like two day, basically two days or like full day to like kind of like hang out and and I helped Kyle like paint boards and like there's not a whole lot to see in White Plains, Oregon, um, but he definitely showed me around and, and we got some good food and and hung out and threw some axes, which was cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I I if I travel somewhere, I like will almost probably not focus on exploring enough. I'm like, but I want to go explore, but I think this because I have trouble like sitting still. Oh. All right, so uh, so that was so one twenty twenty Ironside, right? And then uh, I think you took first at um, for Ohio in Hatchet. Yep. Cool. And so I guess coming, uh, or which one was first? Was for Ohio first in the year or Hatchet first in the year? Uh, or, or, Ironside or Iron- was first in the year, and then um, for Ohio, I think was a month or two after. What did uh, I guess like? Do you like what? impact is like kind of winning a tournament had on like your confidence it, it it's a big confidence booster because you're like i know i can do this now it's quite like it's on paper I've, I've done it um so going into going to ironside i basically had the or not to ironside and in, in, into um for ohio same expectations i'm going to go in i'm going to throw the best i can if whatever happens happens and i ended up um winning i won a bracket against uh i don't know who who um i beat in a bracket but basically finals was me and tower laka um he ended up beating me in the first set of of three we went up we went six full rounds like first set of three and then the second set of three last throw literally came down to, to a kill shot um so that 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 tournament was literally anyone's to take between me and him. Um, I just got lucky enough to hit my kill shot, and he missed. So what, you were you were down. So in a best of seven, you were down zero zero to three. So Waddle finals, it's uh, best two out of three. Um, so he took the first. So I took like we we went the full first set of three, and then because I was a bracket, he beat me, so we had to go again. And then, like, I took one, he took one, and then the last one literally came down to that that last kill shot. That's awesome. Have you uh, have you ever had any like kind of epic comebacks? Like, you know, for example, like in uh, in ITF leagues, I think I've seen some people be like down zero and three in a best of seven, and then win the next four to take it. Have you ever had anything like that? <laughs> it yeah, um, it's funny you mention that. Um, the first night, the first season, I joined. Uh, Choppers Monday Industry League. Um, I made it to the finals. I was B bracket, uh, and then uh, Elliot Rosario. He was the the reigning champion of last season. He won A bracket, and 
coming from B bracket in IETF is tough because you have to win basically eight rounds total. Um, I ended up winning eight rounds in a row. So I basically had, <laughs> I basically double swept him um, to take the, 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 the win, which was, it's a, it's, it was one of the bigger comebacks I've ever had. That's awesome. All right. So, so we just kind of talked about like 2020. Um, I couldn't find too much on like your 2020, 2021 kind of tournament stuff. Um, and we're, we're almost an hour and did, uh, I guess like what, what were some of uh, kind of like the, like, I guess any like any big competitions you did in 2021. Um, the biggest one um, I can kind of think of. Um, I got second place in Angrywood, which was a pretty big deal, um, considering how long of a day that is. Um, I met up with Mike Philbaum in the finals, as we all know, and he showed me why he is a world champion. Um, <laughs> I, I, I tried to hold my own, but I, he just, he's just too good. Um, and then I think like a month or two before that, or no, it was actually a year to the day yesterday, um, or two days ago, um, the U S open me and Dave Sycon won duels against, um, Lucas Johnson and, um, what's his name? Um, Hayden Brown. Um, Brown Johnson. Um, so that was pretty cool. It was my first time on on ESPN, and that was a huge check off the bucket list for me. It was being being on ESPN. That's awesome. Do you uh, so like cause you said that uh, I I don't know if you still are like, but you said like you'd be a little bit of a troll or like kind of like stir the pot a little bit. Do you ever uh, do you ever like just just like kind of troll people? Like that's all right. I've been on ESPN. No big deal. Um. Sometimes like they're like, oh, like like someone would be like, uh, they'll they'll say like this is like he's been on ESPN. I'm like, they're like, oh, you're on ESPN. I'm like, yeah, it's like it's okay, it's whatever. <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's cool, but it's like it's not that big of a deal. But like in actuality, it is is a really big deal. Did uh like did you like do you follow like any other sports outside of Axelorm or like did you play sports as a little kid? I was uh I played baseball for a while. I played that basically up until I think I was like 13, 14. Um, and then I was on the high school bowling team. Um, I bowled for about 15 years before I actually quit bowling to throw axes. Okay. Yeah. I've never done a bowling league. I'm not I'm terrible at bowling. I'm, just, I'm real good at throwing splits. Uh, Cause I just, I can't curve the ball no matter how, how hard I try. Uh, so like when you, when you're like playing baseball and do a bowling, like, Back then, did you have thoughts you're like, man, it'd be cool like if I could be a pro athlete one day or if I could be on ESPN? Uh, oh. Yeah, being being on ESPN was always like a big bucket list thing for me, just in general. Like, I don't know, like how I got there, I didn't really know. Like, maybe I could be baseball, maybe it could be bowling, maybe it could be whatever. But like, axing at the time was like never. It wasn't even a thing, at least in the states. It was probably a thing already in Canada or whatever. But, um. Yeah, it was just it was always a, a dream of mine to be to be on ESPN and I'm I'm very happy to have had the chance to do it. That's awesome. Now so uh so that was that was uh twenty twenty one uh US Open. And so then re- so in twenty twenty two you won the West Side Special uh in Hatchet, right? Yeah. Out of Cascadia, and then you also uh took second in duels. And uh, yes. most most recently you took first in Hatchet at Best of the West. I did. Yeah. Yeah. That was, um, 
It's actually the second time I've been out to uh, Primal Axe. The first time was uh, March of last year. Um, Waddle had uh, regionals when they used to have them every season. Um, I flew out to um, to Colorado with uh, my girlfriend. And this is when you were allowed to to leave your, your region and go to any region to for regionals. Um, I went. It was fun. I ended up winning, which was awesome. Um, and then coming back this year, it was it was a stack tournament. Like I think the out of everyone that I, I saw a list of like the names and I went through everyone's like past season. I think the 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 tournament average was like almost a sixty. So like, and it had like it was me. It had Brandon Shell, all the guys from. Uh, Colorado, Lucas Johnson, Tyler Flynn, like a bunch of Texas people. Like it was, it was a very stacked tournament and to be able to come out of that with a championship was, was pretty awesome. Is there uh is there anybody that like on the tournament scene that like has just had your number over the years? You're like, for whatever reason, like they just seem to always get me. Um, I'm trying to think, I don't, I don't think so. I've, I've kind of, I've gotten fairly lucky with being on the other end. Like I've had people's numbers um, for the longest time. Like I heard, I had Garrett Snyding number, like he couldn't beat me. He actually recently just did not that long ago. So he, he's got me back. Um, Tower Laka, he, for the life of him, like, I think I had four wins on him in, in 2020 alone. Um, and there's just like a couple other people, like, I was on the the other end of it. Cool. Um, and I guess so. To kind of kind of like wrap up the, the the competition side, is there like have you have you gotten burnt out before? Right? Have you like or have you ever like I'm I'm putting in more into the sport than I'm getting out of, and like I like I just need a break. Um, I don't think so. I've kind of I there have been times where I've felt super burnout. Like the first time I did like three leagues a week i was like oh god this is like so much more throwing than i'm used to and then all of a sudden now i'm doing like six in in a week um it's definitely a lot it's a lot of driving around it's a lot of commitment um but i think the only way i'm going to keep doing it is just to overdo it um and not stop because i think if i stop throwing it i'm just going to lose interest in it and it's just going to fall apart from there that makes sense. Uh, I just thought of a question I've never thought of before. Uh, probably because I've never won any money doing it, so it's never been a problem I've had to worry about. What happens come tax season? And you're like, oh, like how did you like? Does this are these wages? <laughs> like, do you get a 1099? Like, uh, yeah, I, um, W nines, man, they're 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 a motherfucker. Uh, yeah, the the man loves to take money. <laughs> loves to take winnings. Imagine you got like TurboTax or deal with an accountant. You're like, like, what? Do you won this with axe throwing? Like, that was me last year, not this past tax season, but last tax season. I actually did my taxes in person with somebody because TurboTax kept messing up my taxes. And I handed her my W9 from Waddle for getting fourth place in, in Worlds. And she was like, What is this? I said, I money that I won. She's like, you want it? She, I was like, yeah. She's like, doing what? I said, throwing axes. She's like, throwing axes. I said, 
yeah, throwing axes, like hatchets at a wall, at a target. I won money doing that. <laughs> but she thought that was like the ever. Have you ever have you ever got one of those like big like oversized checks? No. <laughs> so there was it was a running joke for the longest time. Like 2020, 2021, I I I was very grateful to win everything that i did every tournament that i won didn't have a big check every tournament that i didn't go to had a big check so it was always super frustrating i was like oh my god like everyone's getting these big checks um and then uh it was uh what was it 20 2020 or no 2021 something like that um aj mitchell and a bunch of the um my girlfriend and and um a few other people they actually put money together to get me fake checks made. So they, they got me two fake checks made for my Ironside win and my Ohio win as like a congratulations, little, little thing. Like, here's your big check. So I have two big checks upstairs that I didn't technically win, but they were gifts. So it's, it's kind of like a, a mix of, I have a big check, but I don't have a check. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm just imagining you doing taxes and like, you're like, all right, here's my W2s. Here's my W9s. Here's my big check. <laughs> Um, my the, one of my favorite jokes that um, someone ever said uh, was uh, Will Galecko, and he was like, "You know what you do with a big check, like a big novelty check?" And I was like, "I was like, what?" He's like, "You got to take it to a big, big bank." I was like, "God damn it!" <laughs> it's such a dad joke, but it's so good. <laughs> that's a that's a masterpiece of a joke. Yeah, like I can't just take. I guess you got to take that to like the Federal Reserve. You can't just take it to like a local branch. Yeah, you got to go to a big bank. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you, so like, do you? Uh, have you ever, you know how like if you do something for too long, like it just kind of like takes over your brain. Like, for example, like when I was in college, I worked at UPS for a couple of years and I had to like work on conveyor belts and see boxes all day and handle a box like every three seconds. And I started dreaming about conveyor belts of boxes. Didn't want to, but have you ever had that happen with like axe throwing where you're like having axe, like dreams about axe throwing? Oh, yeah, um, there was. So I used to work at Starbucks. I would have I would have nightmares about working at Starbucks. Um, and recently I didn't know this until, um, my girlfriend would stay with me is I would, I would throw axes and I would throw in my sleep. Like my, my muscle and my arm would, would, would throw, like I would think about throwing and my arm would, would go and I would like punch her in, in, in sleep. She's like, she's like, you punched me last time. I was like, I, I did what? And then she's like, yeah, you were throwing axes in your sleep. <laughs> like oh my god i'm so sorry i didn't i didn't realize it. i didn't like it wasn't intentional are you like also sleep talking and calling clutch and kill <laughs> yeah she's she's like yeah you're saying some weird shit in your sleep last night and i'm like i don't know that like this is this is all new to me because i like just it's funny it's just something i never thought of until someone mentioned it to me <laughs> that's hilarious yeah <laughs> i just that must be so weird for her like she's like clutch clutch <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's she's been she's used to it by now, I'm sure. Cool. And then um as far as like right, like, like how many if you had to like tally all of the hours that you like put into axe throwing like in a week, like like whether it's like making, practicing, league, or just like thinking about it, right? Like what do you think that number looks like? You probably I don't really think about axe throwing that much. Um I I roughly have Say I make four axes in a week. I have about two two hours, two to three hours in each axe. So we'll tally that up. That's three six. That's twelve hours 
whatever. Um, leagues, I'm at league for three to five and a half hours every four nights a week. So that's five, 10, 15, 20. I'm about 35 ish hours of axe throwing, axe making a week, roughly. That's a, that's a full time job. It, yeah, it really is. Um, do you, uh, like, do you ever do any, like, kind of like visualization or meditation or anything like that? Um, or almost like practicing when, like, you're not holding an axe, or is it pretty much like, all right, if I'm at league, I'm thinking about it, if I'm making it, I'm dealing with it, but outside of that, like, you know, it's off. Yeah, pretty much. If if I'm if I'm not at league, um, it's I'm 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 focusing on if I'm I'm at home I'm, I'm on home stuff. If I'm working on axes, I'm working on axes. I'm focusing on that. If I'm at league, I'm I'm focusing on league stuff. Outside of that, I don't really. I'm not like sitting on my couch like practicing my throw or or holding an axe and like working on like helm gripping it or whatever. It's it's just axe throwing happens when axe throwing happens. Do you do any like um like do you do any kind of like exercises or any stretching or anything like that for exercise or just nah? No. Good. <laughs> <laughs> like I I should probably do like arm exercises, hand exercises. I should I really like I know after like a tournament or even after like a league night, like sitting on concrete, like my back just hurts so much. So I, I probably should do stretches. Um, but I, 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 as of right now, I don't, <laughs> Yeah, me either. I, uh, on the way down, it's like, I, uh, like I see like a therapist, but it's not like, it's, but like, we'll talk about like visualization, stuff like that. And there, so we're talking about visualization and I was, I was listening to a book that Randa recommended, I think the mindful athlete. And I, I just drove from Oklahoma city down to Austin for round one. So I have like a six plus hour drive and plenty of rush hour traffic or like just DFW traffic. And after like listening to like an hour of this book, The Mindful Athlete, I'm like stuck behind cars and I'm just using those like trunk, like manufacturer <laughs> logos. And I'm just like trying to turn them into bullseyes. And so I'm actually like mimicking like throw motions in the car. So if you're sitting next to me on the highway, you just look over, you just see this weirdo who's just like, all right, just mimicking a step and like a flick. And like, are you casting a spell on this driver? What's happening? So that was ridiculous, but uh, very interested to see like which people are like, no, I don't need to do that. I just, I'm just good at the throwing part. That's enough for me. If some days it's there, some days it's not. And I don't really know what kind of day it's going to be until, until I get there. Yeah. That's a, uh, if, if you, if you find, if you're like, all right, you're like, oh, today's going to be an off date. Have you ever found a way to like get out of the off day, like to kind of like recover it? Or is it just like, you're just kind of resigned to it. You're like, yeah, I'm just off today. Um, I mean, Usually I can tell if it's going to be an off day in the hour of practice. Um, I'll, I'll come in like for, for Monday league, I'll, I'll come in. We'll, I'll just, I'll grab an ax. I'll throw it for like five minutes. If it feels good, it feels good. If it doesn't like I'll step back. I'll, um, we have a, we have a George Foreman grill. So we cook hot dogs every Monday. Um, so I'll like grab like a hot dog or something. Um, and then I'll go back to throwing. I'll see. I'll like. I'll I'll do it in like little spurts. Like I won't like like grind out like 30, 40 throws. I'll just like I'll do short little spurts and kind of evaluate. But other than that, it's just if I can I can kind of like figure it out within a little while. Okay. Cool. 
Well, I think that kind of covers everything and then some, uh, I guess in the last kind of few minutes, is there anybody you want to plug, give a shout out to, do you have any sponsors, you know, people follow you on social media anywhere? Uh, Facebook is, is just me, Vin Crescenzo. Uh, Instagram uh, is uh, Vin Crescenzo underscore uh, Philly Axe Co. on Instagram and Facebook. Um, keep an eye out for the Widowmakers. Um, we're gonna do we're gonna do some cool stuff um, for the, the melee. Uh, shout out to um, I guess some sponsors, uh, Row Rocket. They've they're the company I get my my veneer from, uh, Whiskey River Trading Company. Um, they're they're a new sponsor of mine. Um, and just kind of everyone else, my my friends, my family, my girlfriend, all that stuff. They're they're all huge supporters of me. Cool. All right, Vin, it's been cool to get to know you. Thank you for taking the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. For sure. Adios. Take care.